Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Hey, your house is on fire! Hopefully that would make all of us sprint and not snooze. Your child is outside, bleeding, crying. Definitely sprint, not snooze. What about my best friend just texted me. I've lost my child. I don't know where he is. Can you help me find her? Him? Them? We would sprint, wouldn't we? What about when you hear about sinfulness that hits you directly in God's holy word? Sprint towards it, at least in the sense of you take it to heart? Or snooze and deal with it some other time, some other day, if ever? Today we're going to hear about how important it is to engage with God's Word, even when that Word tells us something that isn't pleasing to our ears at first. More of a sprint, less of a snooze. And you're going to hear about a man named King Josiah who did just that. We'll learn from him in God's Word today how we can engage in God's Word all the time. King Josiah deserves a little bit of background. You probably don't have that in your back pocket right now. So I'll, I'll let you know a little bit about him. He was born in a palace, and both his grandpa and his father were kings of Judah. His grandpa was a man named Manasseh. Grandpa Manasseh ruled Israel for 55 years, and he was godless, he was reckless, he was immoral. Tradition has told us, and history has told us, that Josiah's grandpa, King Manasseh, murdered the prophet Isaiah. Yes, that prophet Isaiah. By cutting him in two when he didn't want to listen to God's word that Isaiah was preaching to him. This King Manasseh, though, at the very end of his life and reign, humbled himself greatly, repented of all of that sin, and our amazing God, full of grace, unmatched, forgave him. King Manasseh died, went to heaven. And then his son, Josiah's father, King Amon took over. King Amon was also godless, reckless, immoral. He did not repent near the end of his reign because his life was cut short in cold blood. King Amon, Josiah's father, ruled for only two years before he was assassinated. And that leads to the main character of our account today, King Josiah, who then took over the throne from his dad at age eight. Became king of a country at age eight. Around the age of 16, Having nothing but terrible examples to follow, 
King Josiah decided he was going to seek the Lord for his life. Different than his father and his grandpa. Around age 20, King Josiah decided to start ridding the land of the rampant, constant, commonplace idolatry that was absolutely everywhere. He took on that massive project and didn't mind who would get mad at him. Remember, his father was assassinated. And King Josiah certainly knew some people aren't going to like this. But he did it anyways. Age 20. Age 26, he took on another massive project. He decided he was going to begin repairing the temple. I guess you can probably connect the dots, can't you? If 55 years of King Manasseh, who only came around at the very end, and then two volatile years under his son, King Amon, had been the history, the temple was in disrepair. Did people even go? It was falling apart. It was a huge eyesore. King Josiah collected money from the people, and then he hired workmen and craftsmen to get that thing back into shape so that we can worship there again and make that a big deal. And it was then, during that important repair project, that this popped up. Verse 14 of Second Chronicles chapter 34. While they were bringing out the money that had been taken into the temple of the Lord for this temple repair project, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. They found the Bible. It was covered with dust. It was who knows where for who knows how long. It had not been read certainly in a long, long time. So the priest told the secretary and the secretary told the king. And when the secretary told the king, he started by saying, the temple repair project's going fine. We collected the money. The workers did the work. We paid the workers. Everything went as planned without snags. Two thumbs up. Oh yeah, and we found this book. And then he began to read to King Josiah, the book of the law of Moses. And this is a small little sample of what he, King Josiah would have heard over the next several hours. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and you will be blessed. You will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the country. Your homes will be blessed. Your crops will be blessed. You will be blessed in your battles. Other enemies will come at you in one, and they will flee from you in seven directions. Follow the word of the Lord. Love him with all your heart, and you will be blessed. But if you choose to follow the Baals and the Ashtoreths and the Molochs and all these other idols in the land, which, by the way, were all about things we idolize too. Money, sex, power. That's what those false idols were, and it was commonplace everywhere. The book of the law said, if you follow those idols, you will be cursed. You will be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Your homes will be cursed. Your crops will be cursed. 
Your enemies will rise up and defeat you. You will come at them in one direction, but flee from them in seven. Everything you put your hand to will be cursed. These curses will come upon you until you are overtaken and destroyed. Just think how that would have tingled King Josiah's ears unless he was hitting snooze unwisely. There was this notice also for the king in particular. When the king takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law taken from that of the priests who are Levites. It is to be with him and he is to read it all the days of his life so that he may learn to revere the Lord his God and follow carefully all the words of his law and these decrees. The king was supposed to make his own handwritten copy of the Bible and then read it all the time and lead the people to do the same. Josiah heard this and the last thing he wanted to do was hit snooze. The last thing he wanted to do was put this off. He did not make excuses. Well, if my dad would have been a better Christian or if my grandpa wouldn't have been such a mess for his life, then maybe I wouldn't have been like this. He didn't rationalize why it was okay to do a few other things first before this could get his attention. No blaming. Only immediate activity in his heart. He was cut to the heart by the word. He tore his robes and he immediately commanded five men, you go inquire of the Lord to find out what we are to do because we have been oh so wrong for oh so long. And those men dared not hit snooze on the king's command. How about us? I think it's safe to say that each one of us has a few commands of God that we struggle to keep but really don't fall into sin terribly too often with. There's also, though, each one of us has a pet sin that we love to itch, we love to scratch, we love to indulge in and even defend why it's okay to do such a thing. So bring that into your mind and that will help you as you're about to think about, do I push snooze or do I sprint into activity here when the God's word cuts me to the heart? It's so easy to say in your mind, to rationalize, to make excuses, to blame others, why it's okay to lose your tongue. It's okay to lose your temper. It's okay sometimes to be generous to yourself. It's okay to be me first. When you're thinking about authority, if they're wrong, you have every right to be as disrespectful as possible because they deserve it. It's okay to want new things more and more and actually not be content with what you have. We have all kinds of rationalizations, all kinds of things we dream up in our mind, all kinds of reasons why sin is okay. And it's somebody else's problem in particular, not so much mine. But that doesn't get us anywhere except 
heaping more sin upon sin upon the sin that is already there. We could learn a lesson from King Josiah that when God's Word comes our way, we listen carefully and we let God talk. Instead of that awful mix that happens sometimes where we let our feelings dictate what God's facts are, we let God's facts drive our feelings. Why is that safe? Why is that helpful? It's only because our God is forgiving. It's only because God promises that the broken and contrite heart He will never despise. It's only because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because Christ's finished work has paid for all sin. It's only because we deserve shame and embarrassment because of what our sins have earned and yet in Christ we are restored and honored to have status of child of God, to have status of heir of eternal life. It's okay and safe and helpful to have the bravery to openly admit all sin when you know that your God is not a mistake-prone, volatile tyrant, but instead is a perfect, loving, merciful Savior. That's what makes us brave to confess. That's what makes us brave to engage with God's Word, to not let personal feelings drive what God says, but instead let what God says drive our feelings. Josiah did that, didn't he? And when he sent those men to find out what God had to say with the terrible situation they had found themselves in, having now read the book of the law after it was covered with who who knows how much dust for who knows how long. He heard this. He heard the prophetess tell those men to tell Josiah, you can be sure that the idolatry of this land has brought upon a curse and these people are headed for disaster. But You have humbled yourself. Tell Josiah, I have seen his tears. I have seen his heart. I know that he is repentant. And so this disaster will not come upon the people in his lifetime. He can go in peace. Josiah knew, even though it was rough, and even though there were a lot of loose ends to still tie up, that maybe never would get all tied up. That he would be okay because God brought him peace through his Savior on the way, Christ Jesus our Lord. Sure enough, in the year 609, Josiah died in battle suddenly and surprisingly. And four years later is when the enemy nation came in to begin destroying the Israelite and the Judah kingdom. We can have courage too we can be at peace as well. When we openly repent transparently, wherever God's Word touches our hearts, we can know, yes, Jesus forgave that too. Yes, God's facts, 
drive my feelings. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Me too. But all are freely declared not guilty of sin through Christ Jesus our Lord. Me too. That helps us to be courageous to confess. That helps us to sprint into action and not make excuses. Not push snooze. Because we have a God who loves to forgive, who has already saved, and who enjoys taking sinful people just like us, healing them, and bringing them to eternal glory. Dear Christian, remember the final chapter of eternal glory that God has provided you, and that will make you brave and courageous and dialed in to engage with God's Word. His facts drive our feelings and not the other way around. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.